Stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. We're talking childhood trauma. I know a very heavy, heavy topic, but we have to talk about those subjects that make us a little bit uncomfortable so we can grow, right? And we can heal. That's important and find some sort of healing. So October is Mental Health Awareness Month and we received an email from Anonymous. Anonymous writes, I was raised by extremely toxic parents who never showed me affection and would punish me for every little mistake I made growing up. I'm now a 35-year-old man and I'm struggling with overcoming the way they raised me. And as a result, I'm struggling in relationships, at work and in life in general. I feel like I'm never good enough. This is affecting my mental health because I've been to therapy, but it's just not helping. What more can I do to overcome this fear of not being good enough, even for myself? I've spoken to my parents, but they they just aren't bothered. And speaking to them just makes me, or rather takes me, into a very dark place. And we're joined by clinical psychologist Dr. Gidumezi Mashiro. Hello, Doc. Hi, Dobby. Thank you so much for having me. It's always good to have you on Better Together. First things first, Doc, can you please explain to us what happens in the psyche of someone suffering from mental health illness? You know, mental health illness is one of those things that causes one to feel as if they have no way out. Mm. And it's so overwhelming. You know, I always explain depression as someone in a dark hole. Mm. And even if you show them the light, they are unable to comprehend or see that light because of the mental illness they might be diagnosed with. So snapping out of it is never an option for someone who's diagnosed with clinical depression, for example. And they're not doing it intentionally, even though we might sometimes think that, you know, we just shake them out of it. Mm. And and mm. there's nothing that you can do, like you say, examples like shaking uh, depression mm. out of someone or, or shaking a mental illness out of someone. You yeah. can't do that, right? Yes, yes. And I always try to emphasize to people that some people are more predisposed to mental illness more than others. The same way someone might likely get diabetes or cholesterol, mm. even if, you know, they, they're not the typical uh, overweight person who's at risk for diabetes. They might be running doing all sorts of things, eating healthy, and yet they're predisposed to certain illnesses. And it's the same with mental illness. So I think the stigma is always there yeah. that I should not be struggling with this. But actually, some people are more predisposed than others. And I think we need to continually you know, show our society that you know, we, we, there is help and it is possible to get help. And uh, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just that you are predisposed to it. But there is intervention available out there. Uh-huh. Doc, let's yes. zone in on this email that we received from Anonymous. Yes. We're actually yes. dealing with a very complex yet common issue. Yeah. Where does Definitely. Anonymous start with his healing? Because it seems like he does want a healing yeah. and he's gone to therapy, but he says it's mm. just not helping. What, what mm. advice would you give to him? How do we start the healing process here? Well, firstly, I'm very sorry for what he went through. And, um, you know, the love and hate relationship that's triggered by parents. Mm. So I love my mom, I love my dad, Mm. but I hate how they treat me. Mm. I hate how they make me feel. Mm. And the parents actually never sometimes take responsibility or admit or seek their own help, you know, for the poor parenting that they had, that, you know, they subjected their child to. So that love and hate relationship is so traumatic. You know, it causes so much pain and um, it's, it's, it's common what is happening to Anonymous, to many people out there because you're expecting a parent to love you mm. and yet all you're getting is this horrible treatment and the more you try to get them to change, they do not change. 
So uh, that love and hate relationship can cause such severe, deep-rooted trauma. And I always say to people that it's important, once you recognize that, to seek the help. And it has to be proper professional help. And it's sad to hear that he didn't get the help he yeah. uh, needed from therapy. It'll be interesting to just speak to him to hear what happened. And, um, you know, over the years I've learned that there are several reasons why someone doesn't get the help. Uh, firstly, um, the common ones, of course, is other reasons. But the common ones is that it was not a proper trained professional. Mm. So there are different categories of psychology. Uh, hence, you, when you go to a psychologist, you need to ask them what category of registration they actually are registered with. So the clinical psychologist is the only one trained to deal with clinical issues such as depression, anxiety, personality disorders. And then you get the other categories. So there's never just someone called a psychologist. They need to fall into some sort of category. I see. The other category, yeah, is the educational. You get the research, you get counseling, and then you get the neuropsychologist. So those are the ones recognized uh, by the Health Profession Council of South Africa. And uh, when you look at their scope of practice, mm. then you understand that when I go here, this is the type of help I'm going to get. Mm. So for what she went through, it sounded like it needed to be a clinical psychologist who is trained properly in that field. And, um, you know, they also get special interest uh, in different fields of psychology, like sports psychology. It's not a uh, category, I get but it's you. someone who has done extra work like myself. Mm. I, I, I'm a sports psychologist because I've done a lot of same thing, did forensic psychology. It's not a category, but it's someone with special interest in that. Then you get counselors who have done a four-year mm. degree, but they are not qualified to deal with his deep-rooted trauma, right? It yeah. must be the clinical psychologist, and you get life coaches, but uh-huh. they are not yeah, that, that is not regulated properly, in my view, in South Africa. I see. If people do two-day courses, they call themselves coaches. For me, it's not where he must go for help, mm. right? So firstly, I, I, I'm wondering whether he went to the right person for proper intervention. And the second thing is that the relationship with the person helping you needs to be uh, built on, um, you know, something that you feel like you're benefiting from. So the rapport has to be great. And it's okay if you go to someone and you realize, no, Dr. Tumi is not where I'm going to get my help. Yeah. It's okay to leave. It's okay yeah. to find someone else. And you don't owe me an explanation why you don't want to see me. Mm. Yes, you can bring it up in therapy, but if you feel something in me is not you know, resonating with you, it's okay to seek help elsewhere. So it's important to also find a clinical psychologist that you resonate with. Got you. Got you. Yeah. And, and the last... Yes, and the last one? The last issue is usually when someone is not ready. Oh, right? is it? When someone is not ready, they come and no matter how great you are, clinical psychologist, that person is not ready to sit with that issue, it's, it's not going to happen. And until they're ready to face that demon, to accept that my parents failed me, to accept that my mom, my partner did this to me, mm. there's absolutely nothing that anyone can do until you are ready to face that. Sure. So, yeah, so, so, so those are reasons why people do not benefit. And I'm wondering, you know, just that we're not having him online, just wondering what yeah. happened. And, and, yeah, but my really recommendation would be for him to seek a clinical psychologist where he can sit with. And if he's uncomfortable to find one he's comfortable with, and that clinical psychologist will also make a clinical judgment about whether he needs, uh, they need to bring in other professionals, like psychiatrists, 
etc., etc. But he will need intense intervention. And I want to encourage him to not give up. Uh, he might never get an, uh, an apology from his parents, mm. which is something that he needs to sit with in therapy. Um, and he must just learn how to, you know, work and through that trauma and be open to doing it. But uh, I think the first thing for me would be to recommend someone that uh, he can trust and really can, you know, process the trauma that he's been through. Mm. So that's trauma. On average, Doc, how many mm. therapy sessions does one need to attend to deal with such trauma? Uh, you know, sh- when Anonymous eventually finds the right uh, person mm. or the right clinical psychologist that is uh, able to deal or handle his trauma, how many mm. sessions does one have to go uh, go to? And I mean, it differs for people, right? I think it, it just differs for people. When you're in that space where you feel you are ready to sit with that trauma, it depends on various factors like your personality, like the level of the trauma, like how you are wired, right? Mm. And also how you progress through the therapy, right? Some days will be better than others. So I think it's, it's honestly difficult to um, put just a number, mm. but it will sound like it will be more than one session for him. Yeah. <laughs> the first session, just going back, I mean, he's 35. So he's been basically carrying this trauma for 35 years. Yeah. Right? So meaning that it probably will not be, like, quick. But, I mean, things like, um, for example, I specialize in cognitive behavior therapy, mm-hmm. um, which is what I, I, I give my, my, my clients, something to live with and something to work with oh, and to sure. continue, you know, doing the work. So it depends. It just depends on the the person, but um, maybe yeah, he will need more than one. More than one. <laughs> it might be less than ten, but definitely more, more than, than one. one. And and for yeah. family members um, who mm. are who perhaps have someone who's dealing with a, a mental health illness or mental health mm. issues, how do they basically care for that individual? How do they support them at home? Mm. You know, with mental illness, it's always tricky in that. The person has to want the help. Mm. That, that's what makes it such a different type of diagnosis to, you know, I mean, all the diagnosis one has to accept, but with me, that is literally the first step that is needed. One has to admit, I'm not okay. Yeah. I need help. And to be okay with seeking the help. So I guess the, the, um, uh, the family, how they can support just to show the person love, to understand that, you know, mental illness, unfortunately, is something that happens to some people for various reasons. And to also just mind their language around that person to say, you know, um, yeah, I cannot just be telling them to snap out of it. Yes. Um, but they themselves can also seek help because there's a lot of stigma um, the family experiences for having someone mm. in the family with mental mm. illness. So the parent, for example, could feel like they failed that child who's depressed. The parents could feel like, where did I go wrong? Why is my child like this? So the people supporting, I always recommend that they also seek the help because sometimes we they internalize. And I always say people have their own journeys. A child is depressed, and um, but it does not necessarily reflect on your parenting. Yes, sometimes it will, but not yes. all the time, yes. right? It's more a predisposition your child had. Um, the same way someone is predisposed to cancer or to 
uh, cholesterol to diabetes. Doc, right? I'm so glad. I'm actually glad yeah. that you said that because a lot of parents, especially who have children who suffer from depression, they blame mm. themselves. They feel Definitely. like it's my fault. But, but, but then you're saying that in some cases it actually isn't. It's just the child mm. is predisposed to yes. that particular condition and you have Definitely. your parenting has nothing to do with it actually. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because it's about also the brain chemistry. Right? Yes. Remember the reason why we refer to psychiatrists is because uh, the stress has been so severe, it's probably been led to the depletion of certain neurotransmitters. Mm. Therefore, getting them to do sports, to be in the sunlight, at that point when someone is clinically depressed, it's not going to be enough. The you. child needs a clinical psychologist. Sometimes they will need medication. But I always encourage parents that the sooner you start, it's good, but it, 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 will, it might not necessarily be a long life. I for, see. for the entire life. I see. So, so, so to, yeah, just to see it as, uh, you know, it can be managed and, yeah, it, 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 it is what it is. <laughs> and, Doc, do you find that a lot of people are coming to, to you or maybe other clinical psychologists to deal with childhood trauma? I mean, I was so pleasantly surprised at how open people were when we opened up the lines earlier on. They were talking about mm. what they had experienced and how mm. it's affecting them now as adults. Mm. And yeah. some of them were even emotional as well. Do you find mm. that people are now open to actually seeking help, especially where childhood trauma is concerned? Yes, because, you know, with the childhood trauma, you always project it, you carry it. I always say, just because you didn't deal with it, it doesn't vanish. Mm, you just ooh. put it in your subconscious, you ooh. suppress it. Sometimes it becomes the thing that overwhelmed you, the, the anger. Like you're angry at your mom, but now you are this angry person at everyone. Mm. So obviously, then that will impact you. So sometimes people are not even making the link, right? But when you sit with them and take them back to say, but... This anger, let's go back. Where does, well, it, where come does it come from? Mm. Sometimes they're not aware of that link. Some people are, but you are finding that you can only suppress for so long. <laughs> After some Eish. point, they, yeah, it, it boils over and you need to face that thing before <laughs> the bomb you. before the bomb explodes you need exactly. to deal with that those emotions and, and doc Definitely. before i let you go there uh, is there any way uh, well can you give us your contact details for someone who maybe wants to book an appointment with you and wants to start their therapy sessions okay i am at uh, 082 082 858 858 7033. 7033. And where are you yes. based, Doc? I am based in Kharfontein. This is um, not far from mainland for people in Pretoria. So behind mainland. Um, Kharfontein Road. 169 Kharfontein Road. I have a website as well. Yes. Um, www.ribaonewellness.com. Wonderful. Say that website again for us. www.reba. Uh, O N E W E L L N E S S dot com. Thank you so much, yes. Doc, so for your time. All my time. details are there as well. Yeah, and if they don't get me, please send me a WhatsApp and I will, my um, practice manager will get back to you and I will awesome. get back to you as soon as possible. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, yes. Doc, for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Tommy. Thank, Thank you. you. Radio 2000 Podcast. <laughs>